in Romans, I'm going to read one verse and we'll be seated tonight, Romans 8 and 31. Romans 8 and 31. In this, uh, in the book of Romans, when you, you just, as you're reading through, getting to this chapter, you, Paul has written in chapter 7 about his own struggles, struggles in his flesh. You know, there's things I don't want to do that I end up doing, things that I would love to do that I can't figure out how to do. And he begins to talk about the law of sin and death, walking after the flesh, how being carnally minded uh, keeps you from being under subjection to God. He talks about bondage and sufferings, groanings and waiting in the, in the body, infirmities. But he, all these things, he finally, it's like he has this stopping point right here. And in verse 31 of chapter 8, he says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And so I want to talk to you a little while tonight on this victory over these things. Let's, let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to open our minds tonight. Lord, we just love you tonight and give you praise and glory. Oh, God, thank you for your word and the power and provision of it. And Lord, tonight, thank you for victory, God, that we have in you every day. And Lord, tonight, God, we ask you to just strengthen our hearts and our minds. Let us lay aside anything that would hinder us from hearing what the Spirit would say. And Lord, let us learn tonight from your word. Let it change us, challenge us, correct us, whatever it needs to do, God, to get us where we need to be so that we have victory over these things. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap and a shout before you're seated tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus. You can be seated and God bless you. Uh, what shall we then say to these things? What are these things? All like I said, he had written many things to the church in this letter up to this point. It seems that he realizes that I'm talking about a lot of things and sometimes it's the things that trip people up. So he asked this question, what shall we then say to these things? With these kind of happenings, us dealing with these kind of things in our lives, what do we say to these things and a lot of people don't realize that you should be speaking to these things. Quit being silent and letting these things run over you. Stop holding your peace and letting these things have dominion in your life. Paul said to the church, what are you saying to these things? And then he makes this next statement which in the form of a question because don't you realize if God be for us who can be against us so let's let's read this sentence in reverse let's read what he said in reverse what if he had said first if God be for us who can be against us so what shall we say then to these things if we know that God is for us what are we saying 
to these things because there are too many people, Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name, blood bought, blood washed, anointed, gifted, called people of God that are being defeated every day by these things. And it's not always things, uh, spiritual things. It's things, sometimes it's spiritual stuff, but sometimes it's just the natural carnal mind. Paul addressed it. He said, to be carnally minded is death. He said, you need to be spiritual minded. He said, because your carnal mind can never be under subjection to God. It can't be. You can't understand what God's saying in his word when your mind's already got a carnal answer for it. Come on, somebody. What are we saying to these things? What are we saying to sin, to fear, to doubt, to insecurities or shame, guilt, bitterness, loss, hatred, envy, jealousies, addictions, habits, sickness, heartache? What, what, what else? I mean, the list just goes on and on. What are we saying to these things? the things that trip us up, the things that make us fall, the things that bother us and keep us up at night. What are we saying to these things? Or are we just biting our tongue and saying nothing? Are we letting uh, the, the voice of our flesh, the voice of the enemy, are we listening to the sound of that roaring lion as he's seeking whom he may devour without even crying out to our God? The one place the Lord said, Shall not God avenge his own elect which cry unto him day and night? But God's people have lost the art of crying out to him and speaking against things that come against them in their life. But oh, if we would get back to talking like the prophets used to talk and if we'd get back to speaking like the apostles used to speak and in the authority of the name of Jesus just begin speaking to some things. Speaking some things into existence. Speaking some things out of existence. Stopping the mouth of lions. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to help us tonight to give us some victory over these things. And, and man, we're banging our head against the wall and Paul's saying, I just need to know one thing. What are you saying to it? <laughs> are you saying you win? Are you saying, uncle? Are you saying, I give up? Are you saying, I'm just going to surrender? I'm just going to go back? I'm going to quit? I'm going to throw in the towel? Or are you saying, I've got the victory? If God is for me, then who can be against me? Are you repeating the promises? There's no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. Are you looking that thing in the eye and telling it, get behind me? Put it under your feet. How long has it been since you looked at something and said, get behind me, Satan? How long has it been since something was bothering you and you told it to shut up in the name of Jesus? Hey, come on, Paul and the apostles, they had a, a woman going around behind them. She was just crying out and crying out. She had a spirit of divination in her and Paul finally got tired of it and turned around, rebuked that thing and it was gone. What about Jesus when the wind and the waves were covering the boat? He just said, peace, be still. I wonder why we have decided that it's, that's just too easy. That's just too simple. But let me tell you something. What do, what do you think you're supposed to have? Some kind of spiritual shotgun that's loaded with his name and with faith and you just put, man, he gave, we are never more like God than when we speak. 
The first thing you're going to read about him in the scripture nine times in chapter one of Genesis, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. And God created us in his image and gave us a voice so that we could answer the problem, that we could command things. He gave us dominion. But how are they going to uh, use that dominion? Friend, I'm telling you, we've got dominion in the voice, in our voice. Uh, we can speak things by faith and see it happen. We can speak wellness. We can speak wholeness. We can speak miracles. And these signs will follow them that believe. Sometimes it's just going to be the word of faith that comes out of your mouth. And God told us on Monday night, you say you're a people of the word. Well, then if you believe it, start using it. Start speaking it. Start saying it. Put your money where your mouth is. Come on, start speaking it sometimes. Just start saying it. I might look silly, but I'm going to pray against this and believe it's going to come to pass in Jesus' name. We all have to deal with these things, whatever they might be. But too many people are being defeated by these things because they don't know what to say to these things. And Paul gives us the answer. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Sometimes you need to remind your problem, don't mess with me, I've got a God. When that enemy comes around, the Bible says, if you believe in one God, you do well. The devil also believes and trembles. Well, guess what? Why don't you remind him sometimes, I serve that one true living God. He's all the time trying to bring fear into your life. Why don't you bring a little fear into his and remind him sometimes, you better know who I serve. And I know there's a lot of things that we get into, it's just our world. It's just life. It's just our flesh. And I, we don't need to give any props to, to the enemy saying, well, he made me do it or he done this or he's trying. Hey, I had a flat tire. The devil's trying to kill me. No, it was the nail in the road. You know, oh, I had a dog run out from me. I swerved and run off in the ditch. Man, that enemy's out to get me. <laughs> it's a dog in the road. And it was your driving skills that helped get you there. Don't, don't be giving credit where it ain't due. But there are times that we deal with things and things that come against us and start speaking against us and try to over-talk us. I hate that. Well, I hate somebody to try, I'm trying to tell them and they just start talking over you. But the enemy will do that. Your mind, your flesh, your emotions will do that. You're trying to speak faith and it's trying to over-talk that. It's trying to convince you that what you see with your eyes is greater than the faith you have in Jesus. But faith is always greater than the fact. Yeah, the, the fact is, is that faith is greater than anything. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Who can stop you? Who can shut you down? Who can make you quit? Who can take away your gift? Who can take away your anointing? Who can take away your power that you have? Nobody. God gave it. And when these things close your mouth, they rob you of your victory. Oh, listen. Sometimes we're like, I don't know what to say. But the Bible says we ought to be always ready to give an answer. 
We should never let anything knock the wind out of us to where we can't say the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We ought to always have an answer for whatever situation we're in. What are we saying? And how are we saying it? Because you're either speaking victory or you're speaking defeat. And let me tell you, not saying nothing is really saying something. When we don't say nothing to these things, it's like we're saying, I don't believe that God can actually handle this. I don't believe that my prayer works. I don't believe that my faith is actually powerful. I don't actually believe that what Jesus did on the cross works. That's what silence is screaming. And Paul is finally like, hey, guys, hey, beloved, hey, church, hey, Holy Ghost-filled believers, what are you saying to these things? Or are you saying anything at all? Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us plainly that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Where's your tongue? It's in your mouth. What do you do with that? You speak. And he said, the power of death and life, they're in the tongue. The tongue is powerful. It can be sharp. It can be awful. It can be used to hurt and destroy people, or it can be used to edify and resurrect and speak faith. What are we saying to these things? Are we just... uh, encouraging the things that are attacking us by saying nothing? Oh, does does the enemy, does your flesh, do your emotions, do they know they've got you right where they want you? Because they ain't going to say nothing. How long has it been since you just got, man, that that holy indignation and stood up and and looked that thing in the eye and said, you're not going to beat me in the name of Jesus. How long has it been since you said, rejoice not against me? Whatever your enemy might be, rejoice not against me, for when I fall, I shall arise. Don't start throwing a party because I fell, because I'm getting back up. How long's it been since you just said it out loud? I'm gonna win. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna be healed. I'm gonna be delivered. It's gonna work out. How long has it been since you said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for his rod and his staff. It comforts me. How long has it been since you just spoke out loud to your enemy and said, my God is preparing a table before me in your presence. What are you saying to these things? They're tripping you up. They're slowing you down. They're knocking you out. What are you saying to them? What if you just said, you got to stop. It's got to stop. It's got to end right now in the name of Jesus. You know, even the Lord, when Peter, with the keys to the kingdom, when the Lord was telling them, I'm, I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to, they're going to judge me and crucify me and deliver me up. And, this is, and Peter said, he got the keys now. He got bold in the wrong direction. Be it far from you. Rebuke the Lord. And the Lord said, 
you're trying to stop the plan of God. So he said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> he, he looked at that thing that was speaking against what was the plan of God and said, you got to get behind me. You got to get out of my way. How long has it been since you told whatever's blocking you, get out of my way? Get out of my way in the name of Jesus. Move right now. You got to go. Or do you not believe you got that authority? We're not dictators, but God gave his people dominion. And God gave us power. I gave you power over all the power of the enemy. Well, let me tell you something. I'll have some kind of Holy Ghost gun cabinet at the house that just showed up with Amazon one day and said, oh, here's your, your, here's your gifts from the Lord, your weapons from the Lord. Right here. Speak it. Right out of that mouth. In the name of Jesus. There's a man lame from his birth. He walked, ain't been in the temple, ain't done nothing, sitting there begging for a few coins. And Peter grabbed him by the hand and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. What are you saying to the things that's got you bound? What are you saying to the things that's got you infirmed? What are you saying to the things that's stopping you from jumping up and praising God and leaping and rejoicing? What are you saying to them? We've got to stop acting like the enemy's got some kind of trick, some kind of power that he, he's better than me today. He's not better than you on any day. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. He's never greater than you. Your flesh can never beat you if you'll mortify the deeds of the flesh through the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know what? Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Stop thinking it's just a one-time experience that I had and I talked in tongues 20 years ago and that's the last time it happened. Man, talk in tongues every day. Pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Read the Word of God every day. And build up your whole, yourself on your most holy faith. Get strong so you can do it. When we used to work, when I was young and I cared about stuff like this, I used to work out two or three times a day because I was trying to get to the next level. There was always a goal. I'm going I'm to bench 300 this week. So every day I'm in there pushing hard every day because I want to get to 300. Well, then as you get 300, you want 325. But you don't get to 325 sitting on the couch eating cheeseburgers. You don't just wish you could do it, but it was hours of working out and sweating and groaning and pain and injuries and getting back healthy to finally get in there and finally bench press 325. And that's where I stopped. Because there just ain't no sense in doing that. It don't make any sense. I got to thinking I'm not going to be picking up nothing that heavy in my life so there ain't no more reason for it. But I was building myself up to get there. And God has let us know that you can exercise yourself unto godliness. That you can exercise yourself in the things of the Spirit. That you can begin to build yourself up on your most holy faith. But let me tell you something. Praying in the Holy Ghost isn't always praying for six hours in tongues. Because some people stand up and speak in the language you can understand in the Holy Ghost. 
Sometimes what you said in your English language was the Holy Ghost, okay? But when you are praying in the Holy Ghost, that means you're being led by the Spirit and God is showing you uh, answers. He's leading you in truth. He's showing you what he means in his word. He's telling you what he's got for your life. He's telling you to wait or to move. He's telling you to go this way or that way. And sometimes he's just saying, stand still. But God is communicating with you in the Holy Ghost, and that's building yourself up. And you learn to wait on God. And you learn to have patience because in your patience, you possess your soul. And the scripture tells us, let patience have her perfect work. But we have got to learn how to start speaking to these things that are on our day to day. Paul said it in one place. He said, I've been shipwrecked and stoned and this and that and the other and in the deep and just things going crazy. He said, and besides all of this, the day-to-day care of all the churches. Friend, if you don't have the spirit, if you don't learn how to start talking to these things and taking authority over these things, it will wear you out. You will quit. Do you hear me? I'm warning you tonight. If you don't learn how to start speaking to these things and taking authority over these things, the authority that God has given you, you will quit because you'll get tired of losing. You'll get tired of being beat. It's time for the church to stand up, open their mouth, cry loud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And honey, if you don't believe praise is a weapon, just read the scripture. And sometimes we just need to start saying some things. You know what Paul and Silas said to the chains, to the wounds on their back? They just prayed and praised. They were singing praises to God. And man, things started happening. Chains started falling off, doors start swinging open. Let me tell you, God knows how to deliver the righteous. He knows how to deliver his children. And he's put a word of victory in our mouth. There is power in this word. And some things you can resurrect and keep alive and some things they got to die. If it's not producing, but if it is harming you, if it is tripping you up, if it's working against you, if it's fighting you, then it needs to die. Listen, it's, you know what we're doing instead of trying to kill it? We're trying to get a handle on it. We ain't never been able to handle sin. That's why he died for us. We ain't never been able to handle this flesh. That's why he gave us the Holy Ghost so we could kill the flesh through the Spirit. And so we got to stop trying to just get a handle on what's bothering us and kill it. You got to die. I'm going to get a handle on it. You won't. The only way you're going to handle it is to kill it. Kill it dead. Kill it with fire. Kill it with the Holy Ghost and fire. Kill it with faith. Kill it with truth. Kill it in his name. Tell this thing, you've got to die. The power of death, death and life, not just life, death. We don't want to be cruel. We don't want to be ugly with our mouth. But there are some things that you will speak to and it will die. 
Sometimes the words you say will, will kill the enemy. It'll stop it. But I'll tell you this, your voice, it will precede your victory. Because what you are saying to these things is determined by what you believe about the following statement. If God be for us, who could be against us? What you say to these things is predicated on what you believe about the God you serve. And if you know that God is for you, then how are you addressing these things? Because your voice will precede your victory. One of the oldest little Bible stories you'll ever hear is the story of David and Goliath. The story of David and Goliath is it's even just popular in, in the world. It's, it, you know, in the world of sports, even, you have a, some kind of little you know, tiny little ball team from Nowhereville, and they come and play this big university, and they always go, it's, it's the classic David and Goliath matchup. The great big university against the little school from Nowhere USA, you know, they, they use that because they focus on that. And that's why we, we focus on the size. The, you know, here's big old Goliath and little old David. And, uh, and then sometimes it's, it's all about them five stones. I've heard people say, well, it was five stones for J-E-S-U-S. -S. I'm just like, well, that's a stretch. <laughs> And then I've heard them say the, the five stones could represent the five-fold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. The rocks were exactly what they were. They were rocks. And if we would look at the story again, we'll see what uh, really happened here in 1 Samuel 17. The enemy, of course, just catch you up to speed. David shows up at the camp where his brothers are in Saul's army. All Israel's hiding behind trees and tents, shaking in their boots. They're scared because Goliath comes out every day to challenge. One man comes out to challenge a whole army, and the whole army is froze in their tracks. So in chapter 17, in verses 4 through 9, it says, And there went out a champion of the camp of the Philistines, uh, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. That's nine foot, nine inches roughly. That's tall. As his head would be through the ceiling tile right from right here. So that's how big he would be. Uh, he had a helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. Weight coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. That means it was 125 pounds. He had greaves of brass upon his legs, a target of brass between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. That means the, the head of the spear was 15 pounds, and one bearing a shield went before him. And so he comes out, and he's doing this. David sees this guy challenging the army, and um, this is what happens when I'm, I'm just going to jump to what happens David Besides, I'll fight. And, when the Phil and this is verse 42. And when the Philistines looked about, he saw David, and he disdained him. For he was but a youth. He was ruddy, fair countenance. He was a good-looking little kid. And Goliath was, you know, this man of war. 
He said, you sent this pretty little boy out here to fight me. When the Philistines looked about and saw David, or, or then the Philistines said unto David, am I a dog that you come to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And this day will I deliver, will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and take your head from you and will give the carcasses of the host. I ain't going to get just you. I'm going to get your brothers. I will, uh, this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So the enemy challenged, said, I'm going to defeat you, mocked you, made light of you, tried to freeze David with fear. David heard him. He saw him. He recognized the weapons. Listen, David wasn't stupid. He wasn't blind. He knows. He, he can tell pound for pound, I can't do it. He's got a spear and a sword and a shield, and I got a bag of rocks. I know to the natural eye what it looks like. But David was just not counting on the natural weapons. And before David ever wound up, before he ever loaded that sling, he started speaking to the challenger. He started speaking to the enemy. He started speaking to this thing that said, I'm going to kill you and enslave your people. He started talking uh, to this thing that was the enemy of the armies of God. David's voice preceded his victory. He wasn't worried about not being able to back up what he talked because he knew it wasn't him. He said, and the Lord will deliver you into my hand. So I don't care how big and how bad it boasts itself or what it says to you when it starts challenging you. The Lord is on your side. What are you saying to the Goliaths in your life? What are you saying to a host that has set itself round about you? What are you saying to the things that have come against you to try to defy you and try to hurt you and try to stop you? David said it. Hey, David could have went up and ch throat chopped him if he wanted to, if that's what he chose to do. But he chose a rock because that's what he was good with. That's what a shepherd fought with. He had that, that stone. But he could have done anything that he wanted to. He could have beat him to death with a willow branch if he'd wanted to because it was the Lord that delivered Goliath into his hand. And he knew, he said, I'm not going out here talking about how good I am with a sling. I'm coming to let you know that the Lord is on my side. And not just you, but all the things you've got, all this backup you got, it's about to go down too. Listen, the enemy ain't got nothing you can't defeat in the name of Jesus. There ain't nothing that can stand. Every knee's gonna bow uh, in things in heaven and things under the earth. Everything's got to bow to the name and to the authority of Jesus. That's why the Lord said, and these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They're gonna lay hands on the sick. But we're not just... It ain't like a bunch of Holy Ghost filled mimes. When we lay hands on them, in the name of Jesus, be healed. 
rise up and walk. Be made whole. You got to clamp tight and shut your mouth and because, well, maybe it won't sound just like so-and-so or so-and-so. Someone. You know, Peter and John, these people, they, they were fishermen. And all the scribes and stuff, when they could look at them and tell, just by listening to them talking and see a bunch of dumb fishermen, but they've been with Jesus. Well, how do you know they've been with Jesus? Because they keep talking about Jesus. Because they keep doing miracles in the name of Jesus. Because people keep getting healed in the name of Jesus. They're preaching in the name of Jesus. And it don't matter if we beat them or threaten them or do whatever. They go, should we obey you or God? What do you think we should do? Obey God. And they just kept obeying God. They, had, they got beat and whipped and they just went out praising God that they were counted worthy to suffer. You know, I mean, just always speaking to these things. And David knew what he faced. He knew the stakes were high. He knew people saw him as the underdog. But more importantly, David saw that if God be for me, who can be against me? And it framed the words of faith that drove the, it was the driving force of that rock that he let go. It hit him right there in the forehead, just right there, just perfect shot. He fell out. David took his head off. It was just like David said, I'm going to take your head off today, Goliath. And so I ask us tonight, what are we saying to these things? You can't sit in silence like you've been bound and gagged waiting on a rescue. You got to speak to that thing in the name of the Lord and get your victory. Speak to it in the name of Jesus. In Psalm 116, he said, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. Well, he's not going to hear your voice if you're never saying nothing. He said, he heard my voice and my supplication. He has inclined his ear unto me. Therefore, will I call upon him as long as I live. I'm never going to get tired of calling on the name of Jesus. And you don't wear him out by calling on him. David said, I can call on him as long as I live. And he don't get tired of answering We've got the ear of the Lord. Got to take advantage of that. Use that to your advantage. He said, the sorrows of death come past me and the pains of hell got a hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Well, what did you do? Did you quit? No, I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, deliver my soul. Oh, friend, he, he went on to say, uh, I believed. In verse 10, he said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. I believe that God is greater, so I'm speaking. I believe that God has given me power, so I'm speaking. I believe that God gave me authority, so I'm speaking. In the name of Jesus, it's got to go. It's got to stop. It's got to leave me alone. What are we saying to these things? In Mark chapter 11, in verse 21, when the Lord had cursed the fig tree and the next day it had withered away, uh, Peter said, look, the tree you cursed is withered away. And Jesus said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, if it's a mountain in your way, say, be removed 
and be cast in the sea. And don't doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. So I say unto you, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall receive them. You've got to believe that God is on your side. Have faith and say, mountain, be removed. Whatever it is, be removed. Sickness, depression, anxiety, stress, fear, doubt. Just be removed in the name of Jesus. Faith in God expressed by your voice will bring forth the miraculous. That's why it says the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It works. It's got to happen. Peter and John rise up and walk. Paul rebuked that spirit and it left. Paul and Silas prayed and sang. Doors opened. People were saved. Their wounds were tended to. God took care of them. God knows what he is doing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 8, he said, we are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Friend, what are we saying to these things? Yes, we, he lets us know we have trouble. We have things that come against us. We have things that happen. But what are we saying? And Paul went on to quote later on in there, Psalm 116 and 10. I believed, therefore I have spoken. He, he quoted it again. We've got something. It's not just a pretty verse of poetry in the book of Psalm, but it was a principle that they lived by. I believe that God can do anything, that with God nothing shall be impossible, that all, I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. So it's not just some kind of pretty verse, but it is what we need, a speaking of our faith in the Lord Jesus. Peter said, the man that was made whole, he said, it was the name of the Lord, his name and faith in his name that makes this man whole. So he spoke to him, told him what he had to have. You don't need silver and gold. I don't have that. But what I have, what do you got? What do you got in this vessel, in this earthen vessel? What do you got? I'm telling you today, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you've got power and authority. What are we saying to these things? If God be for us, then who can be against us? And I know it's right on, coming right on time. Go back to Romans chapter 8, and, and we'll just read our verse again. What shall we then say to these things? Stand with me tonight. If God be for us, then who can be against us? I want you to just think about that for a second. If God be for us, ain't not a single one of us that God does not desire to give us that victory. He paid a great price for us. He invested a lot to save us and to get us here. Not so we could be kicked around by this world. God be for us. Who can be against us? In verses 35, he elaborates, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You just think about these things here. Tribulation, 
distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. Man, those are some tough things to have to face, but not even these things. As it is written, for your sake we're killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, there's these things again. What shall we say to these things? He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You need to tell those things, these things, I'm a conqueror. No, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus that loved me. For I am persuaded thing. Tell that thing, I'm persuaded. It's a fixed thought in my mind and in my heart that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities, powers, things present, not even things that are to come. Uh, you can't invent something that's going to be big enough or bad enough to conquer me because I am more than a conqueror through him. There is no height that you can take me to. There is no depth that I sink to. There is no other creature that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No other creature there ain't no angel. There ain't no spirit. None of that stuff can separate you from God. Nothing can pluck you out of his hand. Nothing can take your power. But it's so simple. It's amazing. You know, when you look at a receptacle, it don't look like much. It looks like a little smiley face, don't it? You don't think about it, but look at everything it can power. Look at everything that it can do. It's hot. There's juice in it. You don't believe me? Let me give you a fork. <laughs> we'll, t we'll, we'll see. And we can't believe sometimes the, th the stuff that this voice can power, that this mouth can power. It all, uh, it can shock you. <laughs> it can shock the enemy. It, 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 it can be deadly sometimes. It can, you, know, you, you, you could plug in a machine that would give life or, or you could grab a hold of it and it could bring death. It can, it, both of it can come out of that outlet. Both of it can come out of your mouth. <laughs> you hear what I'm telling you today? It can come out of your mouth. <laughs> Let me tell you, tonight you need to start making up your mind what are you going to say to these things. You need to get you a journal. You need to put it on a sticky note and put it on your mirror or something to remind yourself. I got some things to say to these things. I got a few choice words. I got a bone to pick with these things. You're trying to stop me from serving God. You're trying to take my joy. You're trying to take my peace. You're trying to convince me to give up. Well, I got a few things to say to you. I ain't never quitting in the name of the Lord. I won't be defeated in the name of Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. When Paul was faithful, he said, we die daily. But Paul said, let me tell you, the life that I live, I live it by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. You know how he survived shipwreck and beatings and stonings and all those kind of things? Because he knew what to say to those things. And tonight, we know what to say to those things. You got to go in the name of Jesus.